Thank you. That that was good. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's all right. It's all right. And we are so glad you're here this morning. I'm so glad you're here this morning. Um, I have been uh, asking you if you would to continue to pray that God would just open your heart and speak to your heart, show you things that he might uh, want for you to do. Uh, and uh, throughout the last several weeks, we're going to continue in that, uh, in that vein. I'm, I'm continuing to ask you to just have an open heart and an open mind to what the Lord might lead you to. And uh, I, I got to tell you, I, I had one of those moments this week where uh, I myself was uh, uh, in the middle of something that I've been praying for and have, have even felt like God has been, you know, laying some of these pieces on my heart. And, and right, right, and, and one, of the, one of the guys from church was with me uh, as, some, as some of this was happening. And right in front of my face, some of it began to, de- to develop. And the whole time I was going, well, this is not supposed to happen yet. We, and, and like in my heart, my heart wanted me to be like, oh, no, no, we, we, we got to slow this down. We, gotta, we, can't, we can't do this yet. We're not ready for this yet. We're not supposed to do this yet. And, and the Lord was just honestly just opening doors like right in front of us. And it was just the craziest thing. And, uh, you know, and, and I found myself later just kind of going, God, why? Why is my heart like that? Why am I so, uh, you know, so prone uh, to like try to stop something that you're trying to do that I have felt led that you want to do and have even I mean down to like you know how you know where and all this kind of stuff and it starts happening and I'm still I'm still just a sinner I'm still just doubting you know and uh, you know and it just and it's just this reminder and I, I hope I hope that's you know helpful to you guys that you know the Lord wants to work and he's gonna work and when he begins to lay things on our hearts and we begin to pray for those things and pray for those opportunities, if they're for his glory, he's, he's going to see that stuff through. If it's his plan, if it's something he's put on your heart, he didn't just put it there for nothing. And, uh, you know, and, and that's, that's a crazy thought, you know. And I, I don't know. I just found myself this week just going, Lord, even, even I in these moments are, you know, am, you know, pushing back. And, uh, you know, so I just encourage you, don't push back when those things begin to happen. And, and as you begin to recognize God moving, uh, just praise him for it. Just thank him for it. And, in fact, we're talking today uh, about uh, the church. We've been talking about the church last, uh, last little bit. And, uh, uh, you know, who is 24, what is 24, and all this. And I uh, talked about uh, some stuff last week with the history, a little bit of the history of the church and uh, how God's brought us to here and some of those kinds of things. Um, and this week, uh, I, I'm talking about uh, the fact that we are called to be a worshiping church, to be a worshiping church. Uh, you know, the, the term worship has been borrowed uh, and, and, and almost kind of, I won't say ruined, but has definitely been borrowed uh, and used for other things along the way uh, that, are, that are still apply uh, but I, I, think, I think it has caused us as believers at times to take that word and make that word something that it's not necessarily 
what, it's not necessarily that. Uh, you know, for one, for instance, one of those things is, uh, you know, now we, you know, so many, so many people when they hear the word worship, so many believers when they hear the word worship, think of a music genre. You know, it's like, okay, well, I'm gonna. You know, I'm going to get my, my hard rock on with, you know, this station, and then I'm going to click over this station, I'm going to get my worship on, you know. And, and you know, I'm going to listen to some worship music. And, and that's fine. It's, it, you know, it's, it is worship music, and I'm fine with that. Uh, I just want us to be careful that we don't allow ourselves to believe that worship is just music. You know, Nathan was just talking about that. Um, and, and one of the things that is true for us is that we worship in spirit and in truth. You know, he, he shared that passage. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. And, and, there, and there's so much more to that than just singing songs uh, or listening to music. Uh, and, and I think that's important for us. And it's, it's definitely important for us as a church. And so, you know, if we're to be a, a, if we're, if we're to be a worshiping church, uh, you know, we, we've, got to, we've got to be on our guard. You know, we, we just did a series not that long ago called uh, Idol Factory. Uh, and, and the whole premise of that series that we spent all of that time on is, is that our hearts will worship something. You know, there will be something on the throne in our lives that we worship. Whatever we make that, we may make that, and, and, and oftentimes we make that things that are actually good things and we turn them into idols. We put them before the Lord, uh, a relationship, uh, our children. Uh, a job, I mean, just any of these things. Uh, the idea of trying to get something or attain something or whatever it may be. Not bad things, but we make them into idols which hinder our relationship with the Lord when we put those things in front of Him. Uh, you know, and I think for us this morning, I think, you know, to kind of go back to that, it's going to be important for us you know, throughout our lives to constantly be kind of checking our hearts and going, okay, what am I making an idol right now? What, what, what is on the throne in front of the Lord in my life right now? I think one of the other things that we do with worship, uh, you know, or, you know, and, and we'll talk about this in just a little bit because, again, worship is not just music. You know, in our worship to the Lord is, is that we make our deeds Worship. Now, the truth is, is that, that sacrifice can be worship. You know, when we sacrifice ourselves in some way to serve the Lord, we can make that worship. But I think the way so many believers fall in, uh, especially when it comes to serving the Lord, uh, in, in whatever way, in whatever way God has led us to over the years, you know, we may have started out you know, that process and like, God, you're going to lead me to serve and do something and, and put this thing on my heart and we start out just ready to charge the hate, the gates of hell with a water pistol, you know, and, and this whole idea of just like, oh, I'm so ready to go. And then what happens is down the line, we're like, oh, I got to go, got to go do that thing, you know, well, why, why do you do that thing? Doesn't sound like you enjoy it. Well, it's what I'm supposed to do. You know, I signed up for it, or, you know, whatever it is. And the truth is, is that along the way, it became a deed, no longer worship. And when we worship the Lord, those things change for us. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, and and what, what's happened is we've made it external, and it's not anything happening in the heart and folks, I've got to tell you, it all happens 
from the heart. This is a matter of the heart. Not, not, it's not a means to get what we want from God. You know? And I think that so many of us set out you know, with like, you know, well, I'm, I'm going to seek the Lord right now because I'm having a hard time. Okay? And, and, and listen, we've all been there. You know, and there's nothing wrong with seeking the Lord when you're having a hard time. But, but the truth is, is man, we've we got to get to a point in our walk with the Lord where we're not just seeking the Lord when we need something for Him. Like, we just need Him to console us. But when we, we want to worship Him, you're like, well, Chris, how do I get to that point? Because I'm struggling along the way here. And, I, you know, we, we all have. We all have had moments in our walk with the Lord where we're struggling with the Lord and we're struggling to seek Him and we're struggling to seek His truth. And the truth is, is we're going to talk about some of this in just a few moments, that God will change our hearts when we spend time with Him. And when He changes our hearts, our hearts respond to Him in worship. There are things that happen when we worship God. There are benefits, if you will, when we worship the Lord. But it's our pursuit of those things instead of God himself that gets us in trouble, into spiritual trouble. When we make it about pursuing the benefits of worshiping God instead of just worshiping God. Think about people that you love in your life. Why do you love them? You love them because they offer you something, or do you love them because they're just who they are? Do you love them for the person that they are? Do you love them that they love you back and you know that they love you? Or, you know, do you, you know, do you love them because you know, they're good at giving back rubs, right? Nothing wrong with a good back rub. I love a back rub. The Lord has given me all of these kids to make sure that they know how to give back rubs. True worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. I want to read that passage Nathan read, uh, John four twenty three. Uh, in fact, if you've got a Bible with you, go there with me. If you don't have a Bible, our ushers have Bibles. They'd be glad to bring you one. Just throw your hand up and let them know that you need one. If you don't own one, we'd love for you to take that one with you and keep it uh, as a gift from us. Uh, but John four twenty three. Uh, is, is, is this passage, again, Nathan read this, uh, read part of this just a few minutes ago, uh, and this comes from, <coughs> excuse me, this comes from the woman at the well, okay, and uh, Jesus isn't even supposed to be talking to her, he's breaking the rules, and uh, we're okay with that, we love it, and in John 4.23, he answers to her, and it's part of a bigger conversation, I encourage you to check it out on your own when you have some time. And it says this, it says, But the hour is coming, and is now here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. Now, I think that it's important for us to pay close attention to Jesus' Jesus's instruction for us and what it looks like to worship the Lord. And we can leave that up there. Uh, you know, this, this idea that God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth is this beautiful picture for us 
of something that happens that is supernatural. First of all, the Holy Spirit leads our hearts. You know, for, for, us, for us to truly worship, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts. And, and, and how do we do that? Well, I, I, think, I think a good approach is prayer. I think a good approach, a good start is saying, Lord, I want you to speak to me. I want you to lead me. I want you to guide me. But that means, that means then we, we need to listen. You know, that means that we need to hear. And, and part of what the Spirit does is He leads us through God's truth. Worship can be through literally the Word of God. Through His truth. And a right understanding of God's nature, of who He is, comes about for us when we worship in spirit and in truth, when we're allowing God to speak to our hearts and lead us and guide us through His Word, through His truth, something amazing begins to happen where God reveals Himself to us. Now, he, Nathan just mentioned the whole Moses and the rock thing. We see Isaiah, you know, in a similar circumstance. I mean, just, you know, crazy situations. Nathan and I were talking last night, and he was just, you know, he brought up this great... It's a great point. He said, do you realize how scared Moses must have been to worship the Lord? You know? I mean, like, after Moses got to see some of the things that he got to see, begged the Lord to show him. He's like, I won't even let you see my face. You can see my rear end, you know, kind of thing. And, and, and through all of that, like, from then on, like, how could Moses, after seeing all the crazy things that he had seen, how could he not possibly... Be just half scared to death of like what God might do in revealing himself to him. We're talking about burning bushes and, you know, leading people, you know, to a promise. I mean, just all, all of these crazy things that God had done. I mean, at some point, Moses has got to be like, bro, man, can you, can I get some help? Can you like put, is there somebody, of course he does bring Joshua or whatever. You know, I mean, it's just like, I mean, I'm sure he was legitimately scared. When we worship, it depends on us trusting in God's truth. We can't separate them. We can't just, we can't just go to church and sing our favorite songs or turn on the radio and sing our favorite songs or even, or even, or even open the, the Bible and, and pick out our favorite verse and just hang on only those things. We have to trust the whole of God's truth. The whole of God's Word. It is so important for us. And we, for me personally, I find myself like begging God. God, please help me to understand this. Please help me to understand this. Please speak to my heart. Don't let this be about what Chris wants. Let this be about what you want. And when we do that and we allow God to lead us by the Spirit in His truth, amazing things begin to happen. He begins to change our hearts. And, here, and here's what happens. There is a response. There is a response. Our hearts respond to Him. You know, you may be a family that you know, struggles on Sunday morning to, to, 
just even get to church. Like, you're just like, you know, I saw one of these, like, little videos that somebody made recently. It's like a funny, you know, uh, making fun of a lot of church families, whatever, like, on their way to church, and they're like, screaming at each other and, you know, screaming, get in the van and I'm going to shoot you and all this kind of stuff and, you know, whatever and, you know, and, and then they get there and like, you know, you know, once we get in here, you all better behave and like the doors open on the van and everybody's like, you know, all nice and, you know, everything and oh, oh hey, how are you, Mr. Walter, you know, and, you know, whatever, you know, and, and that, you know, that, that's, that's, that's so, that's so true for so many of us. Not my family, of course, uh, but uh, she's like a single mom on a Sunday morning trying to do all that on her own, by the way. Uh, but, uh, you know, th- the truth is, is that for us, it is hard sometimes for us to disengage everything else going on in life and focus on who God is. It's tough. It's tough. We as pastors, we talk about this stuff all the time. Even even in worship services, how you how you lead. We used to have a joke about how you know sometimes it's like you, the first song is like the sacrificial song, you know, especially at 24, because you don't show up on time, right? You know, we're not you know we we see what's going on, we know it's up, you know, and that's not a rebuke. It's just a observation, you know. I don't think it's that way as much anymore, uh, but uh, you know, I, I think there's there's some truth to some of those things, and for us. To be able to disengage from all this other stuff going on in the world to worship the Lord is so important. And, it, and listen, it's so important for us to do this together. You realize that almost half of Scripture, almost, uh, well, half of the New Testament at least, is dedicated to a church, to the idea that there would be a church that worships the Lord that Jesus is the pastor of, and that everything is about and for Him, and over and over and over throughout God's Word and throughout those Scriptures, we see this picture of God bringing these people together to worship together. You you realize uh, Genesis, you know, is not good for man to be alone. We need to do this together. Like, we need each other. And, and I, you know, I've had those conversations with people like, you know, all, you know, my, my greatest worship moments have been, you know, when I'm fishing or when I'm hunting or when I'm doing this. I'm, I'm totally with you. Like, I have some incredible worship moments doing those, doing those kinds of things as well. But the truth is this. We need to worship together because God uses that in our lives to do, to do incredible things and to speak to our Hearts. One of those things is, is literally the truth piece of this, that we would come together and that we would hear teaching of God's Word and that our hearts might be open and that we might be changed, that we might listen and follow the Lord if we're going to a worshiping church, if we're going to a church that teaches truth and we need to be a church that teaches truth. That is hugely important. We'll be talking about that later in the series. Uh, if you're not at a church that's not teaching truth, find a new church. You know, um, it, it, that's... That's uncompromisable. I mean, we, 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 have, we have to be about that. And the truth is, is that when we are worshiping the Lord in spirit and truth, and He's revealing Himself through His Word, our hearts respond. Our hearts take action. Even, even if it's not an outwardly expression, our hearts begin to respond. And the truth is, is that God is going, hey, it's okay to have an outward expression. 
It's okay to actually sing out loud. I know, I know some of you like fake it till you make it, you know, you're like, I'm going to sing, I'm going to pretend to sing the song or I'm just going to stare, you know, or whatever, you know, and that's fine, you know, whatever you feel comfortable doing, it's not a, it's not a guilt thing, you know, but, but the truth is, is that we're called to worship, we're called, we're called to shout his name, we're called to tell God of how great he is. You know, when we want to do that, we want to do that after we've spent time worshiping him. Why? Because our heart wants to respond. And, and so it becomes like a cycle for us. And, and so as we continue to worship and we continue to be led and learn more and hear more and grow more, our hearts want to respond more. We want to worship more. We become more open to the things that God might lead us to do in leading us by His Spirit and by His truth. I want to share with you Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13, we have this, this little passage right here, and I want to share just a couple of verses here. Hebrews 13, in verse 15, and we see two acts of worship here in this passage. In, the, in verse 15, it says this. It says, Through Him, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge His name. And in verse 16 it says, Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. So we see two things here in this passage of Hebrews that help us to kind of even kind of wrap our heads around a little bit of, of worship and what worship can be in our lives. And again, that it's, it's not even just a service. It's not even just Sunday morning. It's not even just together, although we're called to do it together. And that's super important for us and super encouraging to our hearts. But, but the first thing there is obviously he says, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name, the sacrifice of praise to God, as it's called there. You know, that, that's, that's, you know, largely what we do, uh, you know, a lot of the time that we're together, together corporately, you know, that we're singing to the Lord, that we're outwardly expressing. You can raise your hands or jump up and down or dance around or whatever it is that you feel comfortable with, that God is allowing us this time together that we might be able to respond to who He is. And the where we struggle is for so many of us is like we're you know we're like the video I was talking about a minute ago where we're screaming at each other on the way here and it's like hard to like disengage from that to oh Jesus you are amazing right now not 15 minutes ago but you're amazing now you know kind of thing you know is is where we struggle and the truth is is he was he was amazing 15 minutes ago but we weren't thinking about that and I, I got to tell you I think one one of the things that I do on my way to even just to worship together with the body on a Sunday morning as I am praying like crazy. Some of that is just because I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a called, I'm called to, to, to be a teaching pastor. And, and part of that is I'm just constantly like, God, you've you got, you got to make up the difference because you know I'm an idiot. You know, you got, you got to speak where you know I'm going to screw this up. I need, I need you to do your thing. I need you to speak to my heart. I need you to speak and get me out of the way. All those things uh, where, you know, there's a little, you know, healthy fear of the Lord in me that I'm not just called to do this, but I'm also accountable to it, you know? And that's, and that's okay. That's not a bad thing. You know, but, but in my 
time getting here, the days before teaching and all those things, I'm constantly, constantly praying. God, prepare my heart. Soften my heart. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Create a clean heart in me, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. I can't tell you how many times I have repeated that over and over in prayer to the Lord. God, you have to clean this junk up. And you've got to help me to be steadfast in being faithful to see this through. Because the attacks are coming and everything else, we're no different than anybody else. And the truth is, is I think for all of us, to think about preparing our hearts to be together in worship is really a great thing. And maybe, maybe for you, maybe, maybe that's something that you begin to do. You begin to pray, going, you know, Lord, I'm going to worship today. I don't, I don't want that to be, I don't want that time to be wasted. I really want to worship you today, Lord. Lead me in your truth today, oh Lord. Let, let me be a part of, of what we see right here, Hebrews 13, 15, that I would continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to you that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge your name. Verse 16, we have this other thing. Verse 16, it says this. It says, do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. The sacrifices here he's talking about. He's not talking about slaughtering an animal and bringing it to church. Although that could get real interesting real fast. Um, hopefully there's a barbecue involved though. Um, here he's talking about us ministering to others. What's it say again? Do not neglect, he says, to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. That we would sacrifice ourselves, that we would sacrifice the things we have, that we would sacrifice our time, that we would sacrifice whatever it is that the Lord is laying on our heart. I'm not going to tell you what that is. That's between you and the Lord. But sharing in what we have with others, doing good for others, ministering to others, loving one another is an act of worship. When we serve one another, it's an act of worship. And, and so, you know, let's just say, let's, say let's, let's play this out. Let's say at some point in your life, God put on your heart that you were to serve Him in some way. And, and maybe it was uh, that you were supposed to help take care of a neighbor who's elderly and, and you know their family is far away or whatever it is. Or let's say that it's being a part of a ministry team uh, at, at 24, you know, whatever. And, but along the way, along the way, the fire that was burning begins to dwindle. And along the way, you find yourself kind of going, oh, yeah, well, you know, I, I do that. I, I do that because I'm supposed to do that. Listen, the, the Lord doesn't want us to dislike our worship. He doesn't want us to dislike doing those things for Him. He wants them to be worship for Him. But that only happens out of a response from the heart. If we're seeking Him and worshiping Him in spirit and in truth, right? 
So it's important for us to guard ourselves, to guard our hearts. It's important for us to understand that the Spirit will help us understand all of these things. Did you know that the Spirit also helps us understand who God is and leads us to Him? So let's just say, for instance, maybe you're here this morning and you've never trusted in Jesus to be your Savior. You've been, you've been trying to figure that out. Maybe you've been, you want to believe, you know, or, or you, maybe you're just shopping that out. You're trying to figure out what all it's about. Listen, at some point along the way, the Spirit speaks to our hearts, helps us to see that we are sinners and that we need a Savior, and helps us to understand what God has done in sending Jesus to die for us that He has given us all the grace in the world that we could possibly be given, and He draws us to Him, saying, I want to save you today. It's in that moment, it's in that moment that something amazing can happen, that we can receive the power of God through His saving grace and His forgiveness and be forgiven and saved for eternity forever literally forever the holy spirit does that work john don't believe me go check out john 16 13 through 15 it's not up there but i'm giving it to you so you can have it john 16 13 through 15 the response from our hearts should be a response of who god is you say chris I, that's that's where i struggle i struggle i struggle with my response being right well, I think the truth is, is partly it's because we're so busy. We're so busy, we're not spending time with the Lord to remember who He is. I mean, if we would just spend, even just, you know, carve out some time here and there every day and, and just seek Him to be reminded of who God is, our hearts are going to, to respond with worship. Worship, by the way, English word, comes from the two words worth and ship. So, we find what is worthy in our lives to worship. And, you know, one of those questions, going back to idol factory or whatever, is a question like, what are you worshiping right now? What is an idol in your life? What is so important to you that it's like the main thing? Is it making a buck? Nothing wrong with making money. But is it an idol? Has it gotten in the way of something else? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is for you. when we spend time with the Lord and we are reminded of His goodness and His grace and His mercy and what He's done for us, suddenly we begin to value Him. We begin to treasure God and all of the things to do with God. And we can find that we are satisfied in God Himself. You know, here's, here's a statement for you. We can't be worried and worship at the same time. We can't be worried and worship at the same time. Why not just go with the worship? You're like, Chris, what are you talking about? Here's what I'm talking about. When we're truly worshiping the Lord, when we're reminded of who He is, we're reminded we're not in control. And He is, and that He loves us, and that all of these promises that we've gotten from God are still good. And you know what happens? The worry disappears. Disappears. Suddenly, even a Titans fan can have a good day. 
too easy. Romans 12, verse 1 says this. Romans 12, verse 1 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Folks, worship is not just a Sunday morning thing. It's not just a Christian radio thing. It's not your favorite CD thing. It is literally our lives. Read it again. Verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. We literally have the chance to worship God in everything that we do. Everything that we do. In every single little teeny tiny or huge thing going on in our lives, we have an opportunity to worship God. We have an opportunity to offer ourselves in those moments. And, and here Paul follows the, the, the command of like, do this with a warning, and here's how, to, here's how to navigate some of this. And in verse 2 he says, do not be conformed to the world. Don't let the world pick your stuff. Don't let the world pick your happiness. Don't let the world be what's deciding what's next in your life and what's most important. He says, do not be conformed by the world. He says, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Well, how is that going to happen? Be with the Lord. Spend time with God. Worship Him in spirit and in truth. And our hearts will change. Things that were so important to us, I mean, just literally just fall flat in our lives. When all of a sudden we recognize God for who He is and our hearts respond in worship and therefore we are transformed in our minds and that by testing, he goes on, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. That's what everybody wants to know. If you're a believer today, if you've trusted in the Lord today, you, like the question, I can't tell you how many people sat down with me and, and said, Chris, I just want to know what God's will is for my life. You want to know what His will is for your life? You want to know what God's purpose is for your life? I'm about to tell you. Are you ready for it? Glorify Him. To glorify Him. Well, Chris, that's not real specific. You know, I was really kind of hoping, you know, maybe you could like help me navigate like my, you know, uh, career and, you know, relationships and some of that. Listen, the Lord will lead you in that stuff. He will lead you in that stuff. But ultimately, the purpose for our existence is to make God known. Why? Because God loves us. And He cares for us. And He knows He's the one with the keys to save us. And so He wants us to be lights that point people to Him. Not to us, but to Him. That they too might know 
Him and His saving grace. Louis Giglio said it like this. And by the way, Louis Giglio wrote The Air I Breathe, which is a very small little book that is an amazing book about worship. If you want to read it, I highly recommend it. Uh, I know I talked about it during the Idol Factory series. I'm going to bring it up again. Uh, Yeah, I tried to even find my copy just to to glance at for this, and I couldn't even find it. It was gone. Somebody probably stole it. It happens. Giglio says this, he says, if our worship isn't visible, comprehensive, and extravagant, the gospel we heard must have been tiny, empty, and cheap. The gospel I've heard is not tiny, empty, and cheap. The gospel I heard was that God saved a sinner like me who didn't deserve it, still doesn't deserve it, and yet He loved me enough to send His Son to die in my place that not only might I not be forgiven, but I might be invited and brought into the family of God for eternity. Folks, our response to that should be great. Our response to that should be like jumping up and down like, you know, we won the publisher's clearinghouse. Remember that guy, right? Showing up at the door with the check. Yeah. There's a beautiful thing that happens when we come together and we worship the Lord together. And 1 Corinthians 14, we're not going there, but you can check it out for yourself. 1 Corinthians 14 Paul paints some of that picture for us. And in that picture, part of what he paints for us is the building up of the church. By the way, the church is not a building. We're not interested in building buildings, okay? We build buildings because we have to build buildings, okay? Uh, The building up of the church, and at the same time talks about the encouragement of one another. And I've got to give Nathan credit for this. We were talking last night. He brought this up. That that encouragement... You know, we, we like to think about that as like a patting each other on the back. Oh, you know, I hope you're doing good, and, you know, I'm here for you. And that's all, and that's all great. That's all good. We're, we're good with that. We're, we're good with that. Do that. But also, that that encouragement word, if you look at that, can lead us also to the understanding that it actually gives us Courage. The kind of courage that we see throughout Scripture, God give His people to do the things that He's called to do. Why was I pushing back in my heart this week when God began to do things right in front of me that I know He's laid on my heart and that I've prayed about Him doing? Why would I do that? Because I'm scared. Like Chris, oh Chris, you can't be scared. You're a pastor. I'm, I'm as scared as anybody else. What's God, what is God going to do next? I don't, I'm not in control. What? Surprise, we're not in control. We don't get together and do this for a show. These guys, myself, any of us, it's not a show. 
You may, you may have some, maybe at some point along the way you started coming to 24 because you like the music. And you're like, oh man, they put on a good show. Not a show. Sorry to disappoint you. It is all to lead us together collectively to respond to how great God is. And that's really just fuel for the fire. Fuel for the flame of the mission in which God has called us to. Our worship should be what fuels the mission in which God has called us to. And for us together, collectively, to worship is one of the very best things for our hearts. If you get into a place in your life, I'm just saying this now, maybe you're not there now, but maybe you will be, maybe you are there now, where you're just struggling, you're struggling like, oh gosh, I don't even want to go to church today or whatever. I'm just here to tell you, it's not about you. It's about Him. It's about us spending time with Him. It's about letting Him begin to work on our hearts that He would lead us in spirit and in truth. It's such an amazing mystery, the work that God does and how He does it, but it's not for a show, it's for God. And that when we do that, we are not just encouraged, but we receive courage. Like, I don't know if you've been a part of a worship service at a time where, you know, somebody's just singing next to you or behind you or whatever, and of course we, we have it all cranked up in here, and that's purposeful because we live in a here's whole philosophy of this. We'll just go ahead and go down the road. Wasn't even planning to do it. Uh, you know, that uh, we live in a generation who won't sing unless it's turned up as loud as what we turn it up in our car. That's why the music is loud. Now, it will be hopefully loud and like nice and not the way it's been for a long time once we have the new system and we're looking forward to that but for us to under for us to experience getting to sing together folks I gotta tell you I've, I've had moments when just hearing someone next to me behind me around me singing praise to the Lord is the thing that fires my junk up we need it we need it, and we need to be a part of it. Don't be afraid of it. We'll, I mean, we'll scream at a TV. We'll yell at a ball game. And I go back to Giglio's little quote. If our worship isn't visible, comprehensive, and extravagant, the gospel we heard must have been tiny, empty, and cheap. And folks, it is not tiny. Tiny empty and cheap it is the single greatest thing that we have ever been given the gospel of God's truth his scripture teaches us to gather together for instruction and truth to be encouraged to serve one another to do all these things that we've been talking about worship seeks to bring glory God Worship seeks to bring God all the glory. True worship changes us for the time we spend focused on God. True worship draws others in as they see something real versus something fake in our lives that's unexplainable. Worship fuels evangelism. Worship fuels other people seeing something they can't explain, something they don't know, and brings others to the Lord. Acts 2, we read about it last week. That's what happened. Thousands and thousands of people began to come to know the Lord, and the early church was born. 
Worship in our lives can be the greatest cycle we could ever be a part of. Our heart responding to who God is with worship, with praise, with sacrifice, maybe even for others, then what? Then when we worship Him, then God speaks and works and moves in our lives and shows us more of who He is and what He's up to, and then our heart responds again. And then again. And then again. You see how that works? This amazing thing begins to happen as we begin to grow. And we begin to realize that life is not about us. And it's about Him. This morning, you may just say, Chris, I struggle with drawing close to the Lord. I want to share with you just a couple things and I'll close. I encourage you to do one of two things or maybe both. If you're at a place in your walk with the Lord where you're struggling to spend time with the Lord and you're struggling to find a heart that wants to worship, go to the promises of God. God has promised such things as this, protection for His children, that His love will never fail, salvation for all who believe in His Son, that all things will work together for the good of His children. I have a scripture for every one of these, by the way, if you want any of them. And you can find them very easily with a Google search. He's promised comfort in our trials. He's promised new life in Christ. He's promised to finish the work that He started in us. Promised peace when we pray. Promised to supply our needs. Promised, to ab- uh, promised abundant life to those who follow Him. Promised eternal life to those who trust in Him. Promised His disciples power from on high. Promised that He will return for us. If that's not good enough, then go study the attributes of God and who God is, such as He is all-powerful. He never changes. He knows all things. He's always everywhere. He has all the wisdom. He is always faithful. He is good and kind. He is just. He's merciful. He's gracious. He's loving. He's holy. And He is glorious. And that's our God. And from that, our heart can respond with true worship, led by spirit and truth. Let's pray together. God, I pray that you would help us to be a worshiping church. God, more than even ever before. God, I pray that our hearts, that our lives would be solely for you. God, I pray that you would lead us to be your people. Shining light into this world that is not the light that we came up with, but the light that you have given us. Because of the work that you have done in our lives. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your son, Jesus. God, for anyone that has never trusted completely in you, God, if you're speaking to their heart today, God, I pray that the Holy Spirit would bring them home, bring them to the family, help them to see that today they are loved and they are forgiven, and Lord, that they are saved. God, encourage them and give them courage at the same time for what you're doing in their heart for what you've done through your son Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for that sacrifice that we deserve, that you took 
God, we never would have survived it. And you knew that, and you loved us, and you cared for us. God, thank you for being all of those things that we just talked about. Thank you for always keeping your promises. Thank you for never changing. God, be glorified in us. We ask this in your Son's name. Amen.